0: Gang. So, welcome to another awesome episode of Inside the Coach's Brain podcast. Uh, this week on the show, we do have a special guest sitting in studio with us. We have Dr. Peter Yu from Motion RX uh, Physical Therapy um, joining us. Say hi. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Awesome. We also have, as normal, we have Kent
1: in house. I'm here. A little sad we're not at Swells, but otherwise. Happy to be here. Well, we should bring the swells to us next mm. time. Uh, yeah, it's it's good probably, idea. It's probably not as far away as it seems. It's true. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> the reality is they're guaranteed they're going to hear this podcast before they hear that one.
1: Oh, so, really? Yeah. Oh, man. Okay.
0: Yeah, so spoiler alert, we might have done a podcast from
1: <laughs> the brewery. <laughs> yeah. Well, they saw it on Instagram if they follow us. The yeah, you might have saw it on Instagram.
0: Yeah, yeah we think we got, we got ratted out on that one. Yeah, we did. It's like, oh, look at these jokers are at the brewery on a Friday goofing off. Dude, I would love to do a podcast at the brewery. Yeah, we can do that. We got I gotta listen to it. I haven't listened to it yet. It's pretty loud in there. So who knows how much audio is gonna pick up. <laughs> clink, clink, clink. It's just gonna be some mumbling and there's some audio yeah. going on. We're gonna start
1: reserving that back room. It's gonna be our like Shit. weekly thing.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's podcast sponsored by at Southern Swells. That's right. Very cool. I'd like love to love to see that happening. Um so getting into it today a little bit, we're gonna talk with Dr. Pete about his his practice and how he's doing amazing things and helping people and all those cool things. Um Kent's in with us today. It's first first podcast we're doing with three people.
2: I know it's my first three-person podcast. This, this is my, my first three-person podcast. I'm honored y'all chose uh, me to do a special occasion with.
0: J- jokes on him. We're going to do it over again. <laughs> right. When when none of it works. <laughs> so if you're hearing this, you heard the first cut. So other than that, we'll be good to go. It was just um we're just playing our intro music. So when we actually publish the podcast now, there's like a different intro song. It's like a rappy, like sounds way better than the, whatever that is that we so, listen to here. This is a pretty but, cool uh, yeah. bass. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So we don't actually listen to that anymore, but play it here. It's, it's kind of fun. So, but, but behind the scenes story there. So before we get rolling here, or actually now that we're rolling and going into it, let's, we're going to kick it over to Dr. Pete, cause we're going to pick on him today and he's going to, he's going to be the content provider of the show. We're just going to kind of, you know, just I mean, egg, we're just here. I, I we're, mean, we're just here to egg him along, ask questions, and ask and... questions, pick his brain a little bit. And, um, sounds good. Hopefully, we don't ask anything too inappropriate.
1: Oh, there's at least got to be inappropriate, a few inappropriate questions. All inappropriate, least, yeah.
0: all welcome. Okay, cool.
2: Um, so, Philicia man, what is your background? Tell us about yourself. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, my parents are from Taiwan, and my great uh, great parents are from the old mainland China. Oh, you want my real background, like? What's my what's my sports <laughs> background? Oh. Or what's my education background? Yeah, but you um, start, start at the beginning. He likes, yeah, he sure. likes to go way back. Way, way back when way I was back. in my mom's, my mom's womb. Yeah, um, start at the beginning. Nah, so yeah. yeah half an hour ago. <laughs> Grew up in uh, Jersey. Uh, went to Rutgers for undergrad. Uh, my exercise science there. And then, um, you know, with most uh, Chinese families, my parents wanted me to either be a doctor or a lawyer. I was like, "Ah, I don't want to spend so much time in school. So kind of met him halfway, Um, ended up getting my doctorate in physical therapy. Um, Yeah, I grew up playing sports and all that. Um, So I loved working with athletes and, you know, just being active for the most part. Um, Yeah, after Rutgers, made my way slowly down south, went to uh, Medical University of South Carolina in Charleston. Um, Awesome place to go to school. Um, MUSC. MUSC, that's right um so yeah did my uh um, doctorate there and then slowly made my way uh down even further south to uh old jackson florida very jacksonville, cool jacksonville florida yeah very cool so what in sports growing up what was your favorite sport what was your what was your go-to yeah uh so i grew up playing a lot of basketball um my dad he played uh Volleyball, believe it or not, in college. And So he wanted me to play a lot of volleyball, but unfortunately had to disappoint him um, on that card. So I grew up playing a lot of basketball and tennis. Um, so yeah, that was my background. And then um, in college, um, got a little bit more into CrossFit and then a little bit more into kind of powerlifting, Olympic weightlifting, barbell sports and stuff. Um, and now, yeah, now generally speaking, I just kind of spend my days doing a good mix of everything. Some spike ball on the weekends. A
0: little, a little um, spike ball? Yeah, a little
2: spike ball. What do
0: they call that? They called it... Um is it round net or they call it there's like a like the sport now doesn't call it spike ball they call it there's I what was, I was literally was just watching like spike ball world championships dude it's on, on espn on espn now. The other yeah day, um like yesterday it's pretty pretty <laughs> intense it was like round net challenge it was something like they put they put like a generic never played na-
2: spike ball generic name to it you never played i've never played dude you'd be pretty good you got like pretty long limbs like me and so like i got a long torso yeah that's for sure yeah yeah just the hardest part serving
0: <laughs> but they play, you know, they're playing on like a grass field, like, and they had it all, you know, painted out and set up, but they had a nice arena basically set to it, you know, doing this thing. And then people sitting out there. So every time they hit like a bad serve, they just, somebody throws them another ball. Mm-hmm. They're not like 40 meters down the beach going to get that ball again. And yeah. Turn around and like, because if you play it out here, like every time there's a, like an errant
2: shot or something that nobody catches right away, it's gone. Yep. And then plus, like you know, it's uh, if it if it's, it gets in the sand, you gotta go ahead and rinse it off in the water again, and then bring yeah, it back over. It's all sandy, and yeah,
0: yeah, it's the beach. Um, so, okay, so Medical University of South Carolina, yep. in Charleston. I'm I'm a fan of Charleston. What is your favorite restaurant, Charleston?
2: Favorite. What's restaurant? Your go, what, what was your go to? Ooh, there's a lot. There is a lot. Um, I don't know. I would have to say, honestly, anywhere on King Street's King Street's uh, pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. ch- ch- I would have to say there's a <laughs> there's a Korean barbecue place. I lo- I just of I course, love of course there is. Yeah, dude, I mean, you'd be surprised. Korean there? barbecue's
1: <laughs> fantastic. Yeah,
2: you be no. So I mean, this is what I will have to say about Charleston um, restaurant scene. Right? Phenomenal barbecue, phenomenal seafood. But um, when it comes to kind of diversity in terms of like ethnic foods, they're struggling a little bit there so um you know they they do have one uh really good korean barbecue spot i want to say it's like nine uh nine one one no word. i forgot whatever the area code is it was like okay. barbecue uh nine nine something something um but yeah i would say that's probably my favorite place um have you ever had korean barbecue before it's been a while, yeah. But I,
0: I love barbecue. So I
2: think, honestly, for me, it was mo- mostly just like introducing my um, Caucasian classmates, Caucasian friends, uh, to the whole Korean barbecue experience, right? So, I mean, they've never had it before, and it's just like, dude, you get, to, you're telling me you get to, you know, cook your own meat and grill it in front of you, Is and it, it comes marinated and everything, and yeah, it's yeah. all you can eat.
0: Isn't there a new one on? Not new. it have been there forever. On Beach Boulevard, or by like Craig Field. Uh, there's a hot pot
2: and and Korean barbecue. Yeah. And then like they, there's like a little robot that waits on you. Yeah. So they have, no, so it's, it's not really robots, but they have, it's almost kind of like a conveyor belt, right? So, um, you have the hot pot, you have the Korean barbecue in the middle. And then, um, with the hot pot, do you, have you ever had hot pot before? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's basically soup and then you have all your toppings and stuff. So the conveyor belt basically goes in a giant circle with all the little toppings. You just kind of take it off and put it in and stuff. So yeah, kind of, kind of robot-y kind of Kind of cool. I mean, I'm interested. Hey, how about I'm, I'm hungry? Uh, our, our, uh, <laughs> part two of this podcast. Let's do it at uh, <laughs> uh we'll barbecue. Hit, we'll, hit up, we'll hit up the Korean barbecue yeah. place. Yeah. Sounds I'm game.
0: Uh
1: Kent, Charleston, South Carolina, best brewery. Go. Um, Charles Ferment Charlestown Fermentory okay. is the best brewery in Charleston. Although I have been there in a very long time. Last time I was in Charleston, I actually got kicked out of my hotel room. I was in college. We were there on formal, and me and my roommate at the time, we were, I think it was like our sophomore year, um, and so we were 21, most of the other, my fraternity brothers were not 21, so they stayed apparently in our hotel room, and like, was basically partying the whole time we were out at the bars, and so we come back in, and we're like getting ready to go down for the night, and we hear this knock on the door, and this cop is at the door, it's like, you guys are out of here, and they're like, what are you talking about? Like, we just... Got back. Like, we've been gone literally the entire night. He's like, I don't care. You're out. (laughs) And so my roommate at the time, he tried to, like, obviously fight the cop and have a whole ordeal with it. I was like, whatever dude, let's just go. And so basically my other fraternity brothers just kind of got us kicked out of our own room. And we weren't even there to do anything
0: we are completely, nice. comp- completely innocent. Yeah,
1: we are <laughs> completely innocent. It wasn't us, I swear. We were at the bars just having a good time.
0: Nice. We had an incident like that in college fraternity, like spring break in Key West or something. And we had a hotel room and we booked it and we were doing like, you know, it was probably like a pre-bar party, getting ready to go out. And it's, yeah. we were way too loud. Had, you know, way too many people in this hotel room and just partying. And I guess somebody called and complained and the cops show up and they're like, all right, if you're not staying in this room, everybody's got to get out. If you don't stay out, here. And everybody's looking at each other like, we had like 15 people staying, yeah. yeah. out. And we're all like, uh,
2: "I guess
1: we just have to leave." Cause yeah. <laughs> just, just go to the bar downstairs. Just, just go somewhere else because everybody was
2: staying there. That's a pretty cool spot for uh, formal, though. Oh yeah, I mean it was
1: tons of fun. I mean I'd love to go back. Um, obviously not in that capacity, you know, <laughs> yeah. with with the wife and the kid, but. So no, we had we had a great time. So when you were in Charleston, had uh, Lewis's
0: barbecue opened up yet? Yeah,
2: So that was like their first uh, first year um, that they opened up. Um, so that's the jam. Yeah, Lewis's. And then have you ever had Rodney Scott's? I've not. Rodney Scott's. So uh, Rodney Scott is from I believe uh, I think Hemingway, South Carolina. Okay. That's their first original um, place. But I had a buddy in my class uh, who's from there, and he was like. He was just super pumped when they finally decided to open up a new location here, and this is a real big rivalry between um, Lewis's Barbecue and Rodney Scott's. Yeah, so if Rodney um,
0: Scott's from him, so it's probably more like you know a Southern barbecue, you know, versus Lewis's is going to be Texas barbecue. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's some there's some. I, I want to say there. it's
2: like it's yeah, I think it's like the it's one of them is a little bit more vinaigrette based. I yeah, think, the like the yeah, yeah, the Carolina, Carolina, yeah, Carolina Southern is. barbecue, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's I mean, you go down there, people argue that over that for days that's man a, that's a solid argument. which one has
1: the mustard based sauce which uh, place carolina. ronnie Ronnie's, Ronnie's, yeah, ronnie scott's right, they, that's one. Probably, would, that's they, one i would go they to they probably then.
0: both do but you know typically you're thinking gonna be the south carolina ken's parents owned a grew up owning a barbecue restaurant so he's, really he's barbecue What's aficionado oh yeah
1: ken's barbecue we were mustard based all of yeah. our sauces were um you know ribs pork brisket all well uh, what, no we didn't do beef so it was okay. just pork chicken um you know, some like odds and hamburgers, hot dogs, that thing, things like scramble dogs. Um, but yeah, we had like a huge like 100-foot pit in the back. Dude, that's awesome. Uh, that's
0: a, what's a scramble dog?
1: It's two. So it's like the little trays, and it's got like two hot dogs in it, and then you just cover the entire thing with uh, chili, um, ketchup, mustard, and then you do the little oyster crackers. You just mm. crush them up and scatter those on top. And where you can where was it Cordial, Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, real Cordell. small town, um, right on 75. Yeah. Like Exit 101, it's a rocket ship right there.
2: (laughs) Pitmaster Ken. So yeah,
1: so I did that growing up. So obviously I have no desire to like have my own grill and cook out at home. Um, (laughs) Sounds miserable to me, but I know a lot of people when they have kids and own a home, that's apparently the cool thing to do is get a green grill or a Traeger and start grilling. But now I've already been there, done that, man. Ken just takes his IPA pictures and that's it yeah. play, play. I'm just there to drink an IPA on the porch place place with the
2: fireworks yeah because I, I see you post a lot of IPAs and beers all the time so um, here's a question for you what's like your I don't know top, favorite, favorite beer
1: so right now my favorite brewery is a Burial in Asheville North Carolina okay love that place
2: I mean, yeah Asheville is like the number one like yeah. per density yeah like, they have like the most uh, breweries. beer right? like Mecca it's unbelievable yeah, yeah. So
0: is civil society aware of your change of allegiance
1: you know what? It's a little sore spot with me. We've had some issues. Oh, no, you know? it's like it's like a bad ex. Did you, not get, <laughs> did
0: you not get your ticket? Your VIP ticket to the last uh, event?
1: Well, no. I just feel like since they've grown and expanded, they've let the quality kind of like you know go down a little bit. Mm. Feel wow. like they're trying to branch out a little too much.
0: So what, what's the new one called? My Up new Ashe- Asheville. Oh, burial. 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 Burial Beer Company. I just have to remember, when I tell you I, I've never had a beer from there, I just have to remember which, which yeah. brewery to put in there.
1: And so they, they actually opened a location in uh, Raleigh, so they have a, a spot in Raleigh now, and I think they might be opening a spot like in Charlotte or somewhere um, oh, pretty soon. It's a, a lot of expansion quality I know. downhill. Hey, <laughs> hey, I know preaching to the choir, man. I understand. I get it. But right now they're at the top, top of the pyramid. Okay. What's their, what's their beer that does it for you? I mean, just any of their IPAs? to be honest do you, are you
2: a sour guy
1: yeah i mean i do um it's not my go to um i mean definitely not like the kettle sours the ones that are like kind of super sweet um i like I the more like, like i'm above hormones. that i don't know what
2: you're talking about i'm above but that. but that
1: is a lot of times for people getting into craft beer that's kind of like the segue. you know that kind of gets them into in, into the door yeah. if you will That's it's how we, we tricked don into having beers exactly yeah
2: <laughs> hey, <laughs> See, it's mask. fruity it's fruity it hey, all the alcohol yeah <laughs> I can do this.
1: But it works, you know? Or the or the, the slushy at Rev. Yeah. I will say there. Um, so, like, Great Notion and like Portland, Oregon, they have some probably the best sours that I've ever had.
2: Cool. Yeah.
1: And my, my wife loves those. Those are her favorite two by far. Yeah. I was
2: like, I was introduced to sours probably about three years ago. And like, first time I had it, I was like, dude, this, what is this? this? This is a beer? What? Yeah. And then now, like, every summer, I was like, that's the first thing I order at a bar. Have you been to Rev Brewing on Mayport? No, I have not so they actually
1: have really good sours okay sour stouts IPAs are okay yeah um, but their sours and stouts are actually really good
2: now I have to know now I know like when it comes to IPAs does it pass Kent's standards Kent is the IP- IPA no, that's a funny now, huh? thing it's
1: like people are like hey I want to get you some beer like what do you think I was like eh, don't don't buy me any beer because yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to go yeah. I don't want to offend you <laughs> yeah, right.
0: I'd rather just offend you now than yeah. offend right.
1: you once you've already made the purchase so yeah just don't do that <laughs> So typically when I'm out of town, we find a place that looks like
0: they're selling decent amount of beer or whatever, you know. I'm always like take pictures of it, sitting in the can. I was like, anything good here?
1: Uh-huh. I can just see Kent sitting around and get text like
0: me like, expand, <laughs> that 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 that, ex- that, that, expand, that that expanding the refrigerator view, like maybe that one no, these all suck.
1: Well no, I'll I'll spend like, you know, a good five minutes looking at the picture and then I'll tell him what to get. And He gets the complete opposite of what I tell him. Okay. okay. Well, well, sometimes, what happens. So, sometimes
2: he's not fast enough. That's,
1: that could be true.
2: So, I mean, I know we're probably going down a tangent here, but what what differentiates between, like, a good IPA versus, like, a bad IPA
1: I for mean, you? For, I mean, yeah. this I, hard I, to I, discern. Don't, I don't really know
2: much about IPA, so I, I'm curious, you know. I mean, honestly, it, it's
1: just if it tastes good. Uh, yeah. Um, I think the bad IPAs, I think, this like, probably their water filtration or their water quality, I think that's a big part of it, is, okay. like, having, like, pure, clean water. Um, I mean, if you ever, like, go into, like, where they actually brew the beer, I mean, the water is like super pure. And if anything like gets into that, kind of messes up, you know, that it'll like mess up when the hops and stuff are added to the the brewery process. Um, And then you got some people who are like making New England IPAs and they'll just have like so much like hop saturation in it. It's like, it's like sludge in the beer. And you can tell like, you know, it wasn't like a really, you know, quality process apparently Mm -hmm. going on. Um, So a lot of the better breweries, the beer just tastes cleaner. If you will, it's kind of hard to I guess put into words, but it's a cleaner taste um you can actually like, pick out the flavors and what the hops are supposed to be it doesn't taste it's like a mess
2: like a muddled mess next time I go to a brewery, I'm, I'm tasting does this is this clean or is this yeah, mess what, what hops are in this, this, this is this
0: clean excuse me where do you where do you guys procure your water from? yeah
1: well, I mean, <laughs> i like a lot of the northern breweries, you know, they very good water, like New York and stuff. Like yeah. some of the best, like IPAs, are like Connecticut, Massachusetts, New York. I mean, just all boys out of water, water you know. Yeah, it's
0: yeah. water. It's like when you go like a high end bar that's serving like you know high end cocktails. They'll you know they're like triple filter their water for their ice, so like the mm-hmm. ice is like not like screwing up the cocktail. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's no crazy. doubt. <clears throat> All right, so I guess we'll go from drinking beer and talking about food (laughs) to getting back into what we're actually going to talk about today. Um, So you run a PT clinic. Oh, you do. All right, so PT, for those at home, is physical therapy. Correct. Um, So he's taking your broke self and fixing you. All right, break it down anyway. So I know what you kind of classify your your space is, is a performance physical therapy clinic. What is, in your you know, in your, your words, what's going to be the difference between a normal, everyday physical therapy clinic yeah. and a performance physical therapy clinic?
2: Yeah, for sure. That's a great question. Uh, we get it asked all the time, honestly. Um, so typically, typical, regular uh, orthopedic physical therapists, right? People with, like, shoulder pain when they're kind of reaching for the seatbelt, right? Or shoulder pain when they're kind of reaching to put stuff in their cupboard, right? So very low-level, very basic stuff, right? So stuff like that. Um, and, you know... They'll go through physical therapy, they, that's it, Physical regular physical therapy is able to kind of fix that, right? Whereas with those people that come and see us, they all have performance goals in mind, right? Hey, I can't do snatches right now or I can't do kipping pull-ups because my shoulder hurts whenever I do do that, right? Or, hey, I don't have knee pain when I'm walking up and down stairs, but I do have knee pain whenever I run more than five miles, so they always have some sort of like performance athletic goal in mind and that's kind of what um, i explain to people and kind of differentiates uh, us from other physical therapy clinics as we kind of focus a little bit more on kind of like the performance aspect of you know pain and physical therapy okay that kind of makes sense yeah
0: i like it so yeah. kind of me, more-
2: so typically the people that come and see us come and see us they don't have pain in their everyday life right they're going about their everyday life pretty pretty okay but when it comes to you know an activity or like a sport that they enjoy right hey like running squatting deadlifting bar yoga whatever it is there's some sort of like nagging limiting issue that's kind of preventing them from performing at their peak right and we basically take that we turn their weakness into their strength and basically, boom, yeah, we're getting rid of the pain, but we're also improving their, because we're getting rid of their pain, we're also improving their performance in whatever their sport is, right? We'll see it all the time with like, I made, made like Instagram post about this the other day, just casually joking about like back pain, just kidding, Jack, back pain isn't something to joke about, but like. Now you know, a lot of people people um, with back pain um, from, like, across the background that come in and see us, right, they're like, yeah, I can't deadlift more than, like, 135 or anything like that. But then, you know, you take a look at all those people who come and see us, and, like, after they finish their plan of care, they basically walk out without back pain, and they have a new deadlift PR. Right. Uh, right now. Um, so, yeah.
0: Very cool. I like it. Yeah, get them out of pain. Um, cool. So, you know, you're dealing with, to some degree, athletes, yeah. right, versus <clears> – <throat> I guess, what would you call it occupational kind of stuff? You know, you're not, you're not necessarily getting the client coming from a car wreck. Yeah. Right. That has stiffness in their neck, their knees jacked up, whatever. Getting them back from <laughs> getting them back from that sort of thing. You're going to do, Hey, Kent's back's bothering him. And he knows it's bothering him. Let's get him fixed. Right. And he, you know, he can't overhead squat the way he wants to or whatever. Um, we know so that's
1: not the problem.
0: <laughs> we know that's not the problem. So yeah, get, so I so your overheads go
2: I was like 200 <laughs> the other day.
0: Yeah. So getting into that, like how is your, like how do you approach your clients differently? And, you know, how is the, the approach at MotionRx different from a typical physical therapy shop?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, so we use the term athlete kind of very loosely, right? And um, I kind of tell people, you know, hey, if you have a body, you're an athlete, right? And we basically kind of treat everybody that comes in uh, to our clinic like an athlete, right? Yeah. Um, doesn't matter, you know, if they're, 20, 25 years old, doesn't matter if they're 60 years old, we're going to treat them as an athlete just because everyone's an athlete um, in their own respective sport, right? So for that 60 year old, they may be an athlete in their sport of life, right? So, hey, I can't bend down and play with my grandkids because my knee hurts. Okay, perfect. Well, let's go ahead. Let's get you to win at this game of life. Let's get your knee better so you can Get down, play with your kids again without knee pain, right? Um, otherwise, um, we take take someone else for an example. Hey, I can't, you know, uh, someone who's like a marathon runner and they're training. They have like an obvious goal that they're training for, right? Hey, we're getting them better so that they're able to run their marathon pain free, right? Again, both of them are athletes, but just in their own kind of respective sport. Um, so yeah, I mean, we typically kind of approach it like that. And then another thing that we're kind of different than regular physical therapy clinics is we treat all kind of one on one, right? So um, traditional physical therapy, um, you know. Insurance reimbursement is dropping, so the therapist has to see, you know, three or four people at the same time, right? So it's almost kind of running like a small group, like fitness yeah. class, if you kind of can think about it. And, and that's just shit quality care, you know? How are you going to spend 10, 15 minutes with someone and get them out of back pain that they've been experiencing for two years? It just, unfortunately, we're not that good, right, at doing that. It takes a little bit of digger deep and uh, digger, um, you know, you got to dive a little bit deeper. So we spend one hour with our uh, patients, you know, every single time. And this really allows us to, again, you know, not only fix the root cause of the issue, you know, at a much faster pace, but also allows them to, you know, save a lot more money that way as well, too. Um, And, yeah, so because of that, we typically see our clients anywhere between once every week to once every, like, three weeks. Um, Instead of, you know, your traditional, hey, come into PT two or three times a week for, you know, 12 weeks. Like, who has time to come into physical therapy three times a week? Yeah. I mean, no, <laughs> I know. unless you really love us, but then again, we, we don't want to see, see you three times a week. You guys can no, see me raising that's my way hand too much. there.
0: <laughs> hand, the hand raise doesn't work that well on radio. <laughs> so, you know, doing this, going down this avenue of physical therapy, which I guess could be considered a little bit of a niche, yeah. right? Because you're, you know, you're kind of, hey, I'm working with a certain clientele in a certain segment of the market versus the whole market. For sure. which in business is probably the better way to go, right? Cause you can actually target your marketing. You can target, target your research and your, your care and everything else. Um, so coming up through physical therapy, what made you kind of want to like, did you see how PT was going physical therapy and like the big group clinics? And you're like, I cannot do this. This is not me. Mm -hmm. I got to go do this or, you know, what kind of sparked your interest to get, I know you have an athletic background, but what sparked your interest in going kind of the direction you're in now versus sticking with the tried and true path?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, So I was very lucky uh, to have kind of been exposed to this setting um, on a clinical rotation that I did in school, right? So... um the first clinical rotation I ever did was basically kind of split half and half, right? So um, it's typically like a eight week, eight or twelve week rotation. Like basically, I would do half of my week uh, the first two days at like your traditional mill clinic, where I was seeing you know twelve to twenty people a day, and then the other half of the week I would go to kind of this performance based clinic, right? And so <laughs> coming from a, ba- a performance, you know, strength and conditioning background, the first two three days a week I would go to this you know regular mill clinic, and we're doing very low level stuff, you know. Banded, banded stuff, straight leg raises on the table, and I was like, "What?" Doing some ultrasound, eSIM. and I was like, "What is this? Like, this is this is not it at all." And then the other half of the week, I would go, we we're getting people to deadlift, we we're getting people to lift some heavy stuff, and getting them much stronger, much better. Right? And to me, after kind of being exposed to both of those settings at the very same time, it was very clear. Okay, hey, this is the pathic, uh, this is the path of care that I want to be able to provide, versus you know, kind of this wash down level of care. And again, like in this model of care it basically, again, provides better better quality care for the patient, but also um, prevents kind of clinician burnout, right? Like, I hate to say it, but like, dude, I was burned out on those rotations where I was seeing like 20 people a day. And then on top of that, you have all these documentation and stuff, right? Because you have to appeal to these insurance, these insurance companies saying, hey, why does this patient need physical therapy, right? They need it because X, Y, Z. So you spend all this time documenting on top of, you know, um, treatment as well too. So yeah. again, you just... Get super tired, we burned out, and yeah. And so instead of getting
0: better and figuring out how to fix that person better, yeah. Because I mean, imagine even for you, like you know, you have your background, you have your physical therapy degree, you have, you know, you're smart. You know, you know how the human body works, but still, you know, Sally comes in and you have to fix Sally. Chances are, there's going to be some research there, and because she's going to move differently than the textbook moved, yeah. For or sure. she's going to move differently than the client you had before, right? Mm-hmm. They could have the same problem, be coming from the same area, but it's saying, hey, I, I'm gonna have to fix this from a different angle, or Maybe she doesn't respond to the you know same problem same everything, but she doesn't respond to the same treatment or the same the, advice, or she doesn't hear it the same way or feel you know it's coming around. So it's constantly staying ahead of that. And if you're always you know having to just cross eyes and dot T's and see the next nine people and lo- they're sitting in the lobby waiting, mm-hmm. you know you she might you might not ever actually get figured out how you can help her.
2: Yeah, exactly. And it's funny, it's funny that you mentioned that because there's a, another rotation I did and literally to kind of, again, make, make things more efficient. It's like, they already had these like kind of pre, um, pre-printed, uh, exercise programs or home exercise programs for, for patients. Right. So it didn't matter, you know, how you, how you hurt your shoulder or like what you did. But if you came in with a shoulder issue, you were getting these three exercises, no matter what. Yeah. And I was like, how are you giving this, you know, this 60 year old, you know, woman who hurt, hurt, hurt her shoulder in a car wreck accident the same three exercises you're going to give someone who's coming in who hurt his shoulder doing a bench press, right? Like, there's a huge gap here. And why are we like, it just makes no sense. Um, so,
0: yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's, you see different things going through physical therapy. And it's like the, the, the you're saying the, the difference in the client is staggering. Sure. You know, the 60 year old lady who hurts her shoulder. In a car wreck, she might never actually really be using her shoulder. Is that really the issue? Or is it just insurance is paying for that, and the doctor then referred her and told her to go take care of that because he's going off some limited range of motion that she probably didn't have that much range of motion to begin with. Mm-hmm. It wasn't working anyway. Okay, now let's go get it fixed. Well, what's fixed? We don't know. Yep, Typing. Um, happening. How are people – so are you getting referrals from doctors coming your way? Are you insurance? Are you just word of mouth? Are you doing your own marketing? What kind of? How, how are people finding you?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, so, was was the, the podcast uh, like this that no one listens to? <laughs> I, <laughs> well, mean, yeah. I can
1: I can say how I found Peter. I mean, I actually found you through Instagram because um, I saw you working with Kelsey, who my wife's a good friend with, and I actually saw you working with Andrew um, Clayton, who I used to work with.
2: Oh, cool! As yeah. well,
1: um, and obviously, you know, disclaimer: I worked with Peter for my back, um, and I was kind of looking for something along those lines because. I didn't want to go to normal physical therapy and just do like, like hip ridges and stem and all that stuff. Like I needed my my back to get stronger. And by seeing what you did on Instagram, I was like, okay, I think that might be something that I can, might be a good fit for me. Um, and I mean, I think obviously it worked out pretty well. I mean, I'm definitely happy with what I've done working with you. Um, and I've definitely like recommended you to other people for sure.
2: Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So just
1: through like Instagram, you know,
2: definitely appreciate that, man. Um, yeah, so I would say how how are we doing our marketing? Um, really, honestly, through a lot of word of mouth, um, mm-hmm. a lot of you know social media interaction as well, and then a lot of kind of you know um, local um, education. So we do also do a lot of workshops as well, um, which one we have one coming up here, I believe, in a couple couple weeks or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just kind of educating people on you know how to move better, how to get out of pain, providing simple solutions that they can do on their own. And then, yeah, I mean, we're closing in on our two-year uh, anniversary now, and slowly, you know, word of mouth is slowly spreading more and more. I mean, yeah, word of mouth, like, the first couple months is like... It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't exist. Right. It does not exist, right? right. But, I mean, yeah, you, you do a good job with people. You get people better, you know, as we kind of saw in Ken's case. You know, I'm seeing a couple of his, uh, his friends that he knew um, how they got better. You know, he was willing to come in and kind of give, give a shot, which, again, um, worked out well. And now... Now Kent's willing to refer all of his um, friends to us as well with um, you know the experience that he's gotten. So, yeah, it kind of just spreads out like that. Um, but, yeah, we are um, – one of your questions was uh, do we take insurance? And we do not take insurance, right? So um, kind of with what we were talking about earlier with kind of um, catering goals, right? Who, who do we want to cater goals to? So we – being out of network with insurance, we basically are able to kind of cater the goals directly to the patient, right? Um, insurance doesn't care if you get back to kipping pull ups, then I probably don't even know what a kipping pull up is, right? Um, so yeah, we're out of network with insurance. Uh, we if people do want to use the insurance, we provide them with a uh what we call a super bill, and they're able to submit it for out of network benefits. Um, but yeah, and then yeah, some some doctors uh, will refer to us, uh, coaches, uh, gyms, yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah.
0: I know, you know, I know from our side of table, our perspective is we have clients that, you know, injure themselves doing whatever, like art in, you know, I feel like a lot of times inside the gym, we're kind of the first stop Mm -hmm. before they go see someone else. And And there's stuff that we can, you know, we're not doctors. We're not, this isn't what we, that's not what we do, but we, you know, we've seen a lot of things happen and we've seen a lot of people get better and there's different things along the way you can kind of, you know, Hey, try this. Okay. And really, really quickly it gets out of our out Of our pay scale. Sure. Right. And then it's like, okay, then where's where this person need to go? And it's like, hey, it only hurts if I do this. It's like, okay, well, is that is that a real thing? Is that not a real thing? Is it okay, let's get you fixed. You need to go get better. Like and get in return back to
2: life, not constantly be hurt forever. Yeah, for sure. And honestly, with, with us it's, you know, uh making sure that we're, you know, somebody like a medical professional that coaches can trust, right? Like you guys don't want to send your clients to, you know, a PT or a doc who's gonna tell them to stop you know stop squatting because it's bad for the knees right
0: yeah. <laughs> here's, here's my advice yeah. stop squatting Stop forever. squatting,
2: yeah <laughs> okay
0: well, what they told you what
2: oh god don't use your knees ever again wait what
0: he <laughs> told you to what no that's terrible go find somebody else and i scratch them off the list
2: yeah for sure so i mean yeah like a lot of times when we kind of you know talk, talk to coaches and you know they actually understand what we do they're like oh hey shit like this is actually you know somebody in the healthcare world who understands you know yeah. what it's like to deadlift, what it's like to squat what it's like yeah. to do kidney pulse and stuff and they're able to kind of help get them back to doing um so yeah you know, stay in the gym without any kind of pain and stuff,
0: you know, cause I'd like yeah. to sit here and say working out and fitness is like the safest thing ever to do. And nobody ever gets hurt, but that's, you know, a hundred percent a lie. You know, people, people do get hurt. They do get, you know, it's normally not nothing serious, but you know, over time, there's injuries. We have, you know, been doing this for a while. Most of the injuries don't happen in the gym. Mm-hmm. They happen somewhere else. The gym might exasperate True. something they've had going on for a decade yeah. and now they, Okay, they did an air squat and okay now my now my back hurts. Like, well, the air squat didn't break your back. <laughs> this 30 years of doing
2: this over here did. And um, it's like you kind of look at it and it's like, you know, well, what's what's the flip side of not doing fitness, right? Yeah. What's the flip side of not doing that? <laughs> like, okay, hypertension, heart disease, obesity, all these other like giant comorbidities that the US is freaking swamped in. And so you take that and you compare that to like a nagging shoulder pain that comes on once every like a year. Like, dude, it's a no brainer. Give me the shoulder pain. Yeah. Yeah. We can fix the shoulder pretty easily.
0: Um, Cool. So, you know, kind of jumping ahead here. What do you guys, what do you typically see the most of? Like, what's your, like, you know, if you had like your top three, I mean, obviously your big things, but like not even top three, but like what, what kind of injury problem ailment do you typically get
2: the most of coming your way for sure uh well what do i get or what do i like to treat We'll go. We'll go what do you like to treat what do i like to treat i'd say probably sh- shoulders shoulders backs and knees those are probably my three big big main ones um our other uh, physical therapist dr rachel she's like the foot and ankle expert um but i mean like foot and ankle to me is just like super boring <laughs> Like, um, they come in there they're like, I got an ankle. And they're like, hey! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Rachel, I got some. Come got here. Got one for you. <laughs> come here. Come here. Come here. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I would probably have to say sh- shoulders, hips, and, or sorry, shoulders, knees, and uh, backs. Uh, you're able to really kind of get the most uh, bang for buck on terms of like exercise prescription, exercise selection. And yeah, I mean, towards the later end stages of uh, rehab for those, you know, three main areas, it's, it gets to be a lot of fun. Um, it basically literally looks like, you know, they're working out almost um, when you kind of really get to those end stages. But yeah, very cool. Um, let's talk. I'm trying to try an easy one here. We did not prep
0: prep him for this question at all. But try an easy one here. Let's let's yeah. go with back. We'll cool. Maybe lower back. Sounds good. Sound easy. That's pretty. Everybody has one of those, I think.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Some, somewhere some, somewhere <laughs> along your anatomy, you have a lower back. What about like one or two actionable yeah tips for our for our four listeners that. <laughs> They could, you know, if their lower back's bothering me, because I feel like a lot of people have issues with that, that they could, you know, maybe try and implement in their daily life that they could, if they listen to this podcast this far, they could kind of take away from it.
2: Absolutely. So one I would have to say is, you know, uh, movement is medicine, right? So constantly change in and out of positions, right? So the back, if we kind of look at the spine, it basically has, I think, four different movements that it does, right? So flexion, bending down, extension, leaning back, rotation, right? rotating from one side to the other, and then kind of side bending, right? So typically, um, you know, when you do have back pain, when pe- people do experience back pain, it's typically pain that they're experiencing in kind of one sensitive direction, right? Sometimes it's leaning back, sometimes it's bending down, whatever the case may be. But you have all these other different movements that you're able to perform, right? So constantly, move, constantly, you know, change positions, move in and out of those different positions, and slowly kind of tap into that one position that you aren't able to kind of do without aggravating it, right? And over time, again, the back slowly desensitize that movement and should start feeling a lot better right what happens when people experience like an acute uh, bout of low back pain they basically freeze up and they basically just lie in bed right and don't move for like I don't know a couple of days they stop going to the gym they stop you know, doing all everything. they just kind of lay there Again, what's happening when we're doing that? Nothing is occurring, right? We're not pumping any blood or healthy um, healthy hormones into any kind of, you know, we're just staying stagnant. Whereas, you know, if you continue to modify and continue to go to the gym, find different options to kind of continue to stay moving, your body's able to uh, heal at a much faster rate um, as well. And you prevent deconditioning. Um, so that is, what was the question? That's my first tip uh, yep. in terms of back pain. Um, Second tip, uh, in terms of back pain, I don't really know if it is um, actionable or not, but just kind of understand and note that, you know, the back is super strong and super resilient, right? So I think, like, over the past couple of years, the public has kind of made it seem like, hey, this back is, like, this super fragile, like, thing that is able to be, you know, snapped and hurt, like, very easily. Whereas in reality, you know, the back is pretty pretty dang freaking strong it adapts very appropriately if you kind of give it the right amount of dose right so a lot of times with like the back patients that we see a lot of it is not only you know exercise prescription but it's also kind of like um almost coming from like a psychosocial aspect as well too right so when it kind of comes to pain you know obviously you have your biomechanical stuff um but again pain is also kind of derived from you know a lot of thoughts and a lot of you know perspectives and stuff like that. And a lot of it is kind of just shifting their perspectives and thoughts on kind of how, um, the back works and stuff like that. So yeah, tip two, know that the back is super strong. Um, yeah, it's adaptable.
0: Cool. So move around and be confident in your back
2: confident in your back. Yeah. yeah. I know pro- I do they're, pro- they're probably like, what yeah. the hell is he talking about? How am I going to count it? But yeah. And again, you know, it's there, there is a way And like people, people with back pain, you know, it's a lot of times it's very chronic. Um, you know, they've been experiencing it for, you know, two, three years and they think that, you know, this is just something that they have to kind of live and deal with. But in reality, you know, it's not the case at all. Yeah. And we've, yeah. and we find it too in our end that,
0: you know, Hey, my back's hurt, you know? So now I stop lifting anything that's going to do with my back. Well, Newsflash, just about anything you lift involves your back. But exactly. No. <laughs> anything at all. And then, you know, But then, so they stop doing it. So then in return, their back is getting weaker yep. when they need the back to be getting stronger. Exactly. Like, so, okay, I'm getting my back weaker and weaker and weaker, and I'm opening myself up for more and more injury mm-hmm. versus if I went the other way around that and let me get my back stronger and make it bulletproof. Now I can you know, I can, Boom. Work, I can work through some things. Yep.
2: And then, yeah, and that's, that's kind of the tricky part, right? It's like, how do I get stronger without kind of aggravating it? Right. We know, Hey, deadlifts are, you know, pretty good low back strengthener, but a lot of times back, uh, deadlifts are also kind of the same thing that kind of instigates and kind of sparks it. Right. So that's kind of finding that fine balance between, Hey, what's enough to kind of strengthen it without exacerbating. It, and that's where kind of what we specialize in. Um, so, yeah, yeah,
0: we run, you know, too, it's like, I'm sore in my back. It's like, well, well, if you did a bunch of bench press, would you be sore in your chest? Yep. Yeah. You do, you do a bunch of deadlifts and you're using your back a lot. You're probably gonna be a little sore. Yeah, in your and like that's the it's, sa- it's a muscle.
2: It's a muscle. Yeah, and like I don't understand. You know, it's the same thing. Like why why do people freak out over the fact that it's sore when it's, we don't see people freaking out over doing bicep curls and their elbows are sore? Right. It's just a normal part of the body. But again, like social media for some reason or even the public has yeah. kind of you know made it this thing where hey, the back, <laughs> the yeah. neck is super. Yeah, the general perception is if you feel yeah. your back, you're doing something wrong.
0: Yeah. Well, it, you
2: maybe. But chances are you're probably okay. So typically, what I what I tell people is this, right? Like again, typical normal muscle soreness lasts anywhere between 24 to 48 hours, right? So yeah, give it that time frame, right? If it's falls within that um, time frame and you know it's sore, but it kind of goes away, goes back to baseline, all right, perfect, Not, nothing to be worried about. But again, if it's yeah, if it's consistently sore for you know like a week or so, then yeah, you probably get it looked at. But yeah, if it's mus- yeah. typical muscle soreness, you know. 48 hours is perfectly more than normal. you got a, bunch of, re- you got a bunch of referring pain,
0: and you can't walk. <laughs> yeah. You know, you you can't do anything but crawl around. Okay, you, you, there's probably something wrong there.
2: Yeah, and again, you know, you also kind of take it into perspective, what workout you also did, right? Like, <laughs> take Murph, for example, right? Yeah. For the first time I ever did Murph, I like, could barely crawl out of bed for the next (laughs) the next two three days a little bit more than that 48 hour uh window but again you kind of know hey you just did 100 200 300 um a lot of volume and stuff so you know know what to expect cool
0: um we'll take a segue going into your two upcoming events so i know here we're hosting you you guys for a we're gonna do a squat clinic a mobility clinic for for squats um Give us a brief, sixty-second kind of thirty-two minutes, kind of what uh, what should we expect, you know, out of that mobility clinic?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, so squat. Squat, squat mobility. So again, squats are probably one of the most functional, mm-hmm. most basic movements in you know life, and as well as CrossFit. Are right? you seeing basically like I don't know? What do you think? Ken? More, more than more than fifty percent of CrossFit movements. Yeah, easily. Right, <laughs> squat, squat, cleans, thrusters, wall balls. <laughs> I don't know. Right? Cure, right? cure, for, cure
0: for squats movement. is more squats. <laughs> That's right.
2: <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, but I mean, uh, really, in this clinic, it's just understanding how to kind of perform the squat a little bit better, right? So there's certainly more optimal positions you kind of get your body in, whether it be you know at the bottom of a snatch or you know at the regular bottom of a regular air squat, right? So and you know, we what we're going to do, we kind of take a three-pronged approach, right? So the squat, you see movements occurring at the hip, knee, and ankle. Kind of screen out um, all three of those move, uh, all three of those body parts in terms of hey, are we kind of moving properly at this one joint? If not, okay then how do we improve it, right? So we'll take each participant through screen at each uh, body part and then give them a couple different things that they can kind of do on their own um, and kind of continue to work on it on their own after the clinic so they can see improvements uh, in their squat. Very so cool. We know everyone loves squats, right?
0: Very cool. So we're going to target where their squat is going poorly yep. and we're going to give them ways to get better at their squat? That's right. Huh, this is ridiculous. All right, cool guys. So if you have any issues with your squat and you're listening to this before we do the <laughs> squat clinic, um, show up for that
2: yeah show up uh i promise it'll be you know very very interesting or i'll try and make it interesting i promise it won't be me talking the whole time because i hate listening to other people talk for more than five minutes at a time so it'll be you know super super um interactive we will be everyone will be moving around and stuff so yeah come yeah, on out
1: i ready to move yeah come, come Yeah, wear,
0: wear your workout clothes um and we'll have some fun with that cool i think that's uh i think
1: it's gonna be a good place to wrap it awesome sounds good it's good Cool. I want to. I want to hear about the new facility. You just moved. To
2: yeah, new, yeah, new oh, place. yeah. Yeah. So we moved yeah. moved to the new facility. Um. So it's over at seven nine zero one Bay Meadows Way, Suite seventeen. Um. Yeah. We have our open house for it this Saturday, I believe. Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah, this Saturday, the twenty eighth. The twenty eighth. Eleven to one.
1: Is that like? Is it like the east part of Bay Meadows or west part of Bay Meadows?
2: Like and towards Phillips or like it towards is Bay Parkway? Bay Meadows Way. So close. It's right off it's Phillips. North of Bay Meadows.
1: Yes. North of
2: so so you're like Bay Meadows, so I know it's Bay Meadows and Phillips. Yes, so okay. it's closer to Phillips than okay. Gate okay. Gate Parkway. Um, gotcha. Okay. So yeah, come on, come on out. Um, yeah, we're super pumped about our new location. Um, yeah, what beer there? I don't know if the beer we have will be up to uh, Kent's IPA standards. Um, yeah, mean, come on out. out. Some suggestions. Have a good time. Yeah, come hang in. out with us.
0: Little known yeah. fact about Kent that everybody knows: Kent travels with beer. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it is, he doesn't go far
2: without a cooler.
1: Always have a cooler. Nice, yeah. just just in so, case. He's like, oh, you got that? Cool. So you said you're having a grand opening? Yep.
2: Uh so we've technically been already already been uh, been there for about like a month, month and a half. So I okay. wouldn't really say grand opening, but yeah, open house just so okay and you know, people kind of um, you know, hang out with us, check out the facility and whatnot. Um so yeah.
0: When and when, yeah, was, that, when kinda, was that again?
2: It is this Saturday from eleven AM to one PM. And yeah, I guarantee if you come check us out, it looks very different than any other uh, Physical therapy clinic in Jacksonville. Yeah.
0: Guys, if you're um, if you're so in the yeah. area, get by there. It's super cool. It's very clean, very awesome looking facility. Um, I stopped by there I think last week, week before. Yeah. Um, looks cool. It's done a great job with it. Yeah,
1: it looks like, like a gym. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. It's fitted
0: nice. out just like a gym, bunch of nice, shiny new rogue
2: equipment. Uh,
1: you have, have turf turf in there, right? You do. We have a
2: little yeah. strip of turf as well, yeah, too. Very nice. Um, so, yeah, it's very, very geared for you know athletes, active adults. Do some sprints, man.
0: That's super exciting. And we're super happy for you for having that new space. I know you've been in gyms before, but now you're kind of breaking out and getting out there.
2: It's yes, sir. A, it's a big Next step. Place. Yes, sir. All super excited. Right.
0: Very cool, guys. Again, that's Dr. Peter Yu at Motion RX. Yes, sir. Check him out on Instagram. Um, you can check him out on the Healthy Jacks podcast as well, wherever you find podcasts. And other than that, I'll probably put some notes in the show at the bottom and go from there.
2: Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All
0: right, guys. Yeah, good stuff.